Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello, I hope you're all well. Today I'm chatting to my friend Natasha Boyce, who is an editorial and commercial photographer working with independent brands. I met Natasha on a styled shoot I organised around three years ago, and since then she's been the one person I can really talk to about my business. Uh, We chat about all sorts of stuff today, um, business related stuff, and I hope you like it. So this is the last episode of season two. Um, I'll be taking a little break before coming back in March for season three. Hi, Natasha. Hiya. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me. So I want to start by asking you um, one proud moment that you've had in your career so far. And I'm sure there are many, let's, let's point mm. that out. Um, but one, perhaps one moment that sticks out in memory. Okay. Uh, well, I would say, so there's one shoot from last year that I just really particularly loved. And I got to be involved uh, in all the planning of it because it was a collaborative shoot. Um, and it was with um, a group called Lamad. And they basically celebrate womanhood and women in business. And they come together and do stuff, um, meetups and stuff. And I suggested that we do a collaborative shoot, which did that, but visually. So celebrates womanhood and women in business. Um, and came up with a mood board and kind of put together the shoot. And it was just a really, really fun day. The actual shoot was beautiful. It was in a really amazing location in the Peak District. Um, the weather was actually really wild. It was really windy, but it meant we had really beautiful clouds in the sky. And it was just filled with camaraderie and it just celebrated women. And I got to work with lots of different types of people who had varying degrees of experience in the camera and um, got to make them hopefully feel comfortable in front of the camera and you know the images that Kate we came away with were really beautiful um, and still some of my favorite work so I think that's a moment that I'm really proud of because it was it was kind of storytelling at its finest and also the all of the planning and all of the stuff that came together to make it happen and then it was just really beautiful um, and a body of work that I'm still really proud of so I think that would be that would be my one proud moment. It's amazing. Yeah, I obviously I've seen um, the photos from the shoot and Mm. not only are they amazing, but it's it's always really exciting to see kind of all the little kind of things come together because Mm. you don't know 100 percent what it's going to be like on the day when you are planning a shoot like Mm. that. You don't know what the weather's going to be like. You don't know. Maybe people won't be able to make it last minute Mm. because that happens sometimes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, it's amazing Mm. that came came um together so well Mm, yeah I mean I cannot describe to you how wild the wind was like (laughs) it was if you look at the photos you'll obviously know but it's just (laughs) so profoundly windy and I remember arriving and being like oh my gosh it's it's over it's so windy like how are we gonna do this and then everyone just pulled together and it was such a beautiful time it was yeah it was great so yeah you can't plan the weather but sometimes you just got to go with it and it's actually amazing you absolutely have to just go with the flow yeah Mm. yeah so for those who don't know you would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do Mm, of course so I am an editorial and commercial photographer Um, I work with fashion lifestyle and service-based brands um, to tell their stories through campaign shoots uh, portraits personal branding behind the scenes quite a few different ways 
Um, and I shoot both people and products. So that kind of puts me in the best position to help brands with content and campaigns and lookbooks and visual identity and storytelling. So it is pretty varied. Um, I'm especially passionate about working with sustainable and ethical brands um, that have stories to tell because they're just really powerful stories to tell. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. Mm, that's really, really cool. Um, so... When did you first start your business and what did that look like? Because I know that you weren't always a photographer, I guess. No, I wasn't. I had a funny kind of amazing weave into doing photography. It was never really my plan. It was never something that I set out and strive for, to be honest. I started in 2017, like January 2017, and... after going traveling for four months with my husband in Asia. But before then, um, I worked for a jewelry brand um, called Kishi in Nottingham um, from kind of when, pretty much when they opened their doors, really. And I did all sorts of different things. I suppose at the time I was their creative go-to. I kind of did um, all of their social media. I did their photography as part of that. And then for other things as well, to do with marketing, um, put together all their newsletters and did some of their graphic design um help them with merchandising help them with buying like it was really really varied um and on the back of that the thing that I really enjoyed and also the thing that people kind of called out of me was the photography um and so I kind of was like oh cool okay people think I'm okay at photography like cool that's fine um but never really thought that that would be something that I would pursue but actually when we went uh, before we went traveling I had done a few freelance bits and bobs and really loved it and then we were we were going away, so I obviously took my camera with us um, and set up a blog, um, which I indeed, like I had the imagery every day and edit it every day, and absolutely loved that process of kind of weaving stories through the days that we were there, um, and loaded them on the blog as I went. And then when I got back, um, I'd set up that website through Squarespace, um, and I just found it a really easy process, and actually just really enjoyed it. So I kind of thought, right, well, I need to get a job now because we're back in the UK and it's a new year. So I don't know, let's just set up a Squarespace website for my existing portfolio and my work from, you know, my kind of photography work from before I was away. So I did that and I thought maybe, you know, I'll get a few freelance jobs here and there on that, you know, from that website. And then I'll get a job and I can use it as a bit of a bounce, you know, point to bounce from and say, OK, this is a platform that I've used. And, you know, that was the intention. And then it just kind of organically grew. And I had like a flurry of initial freelance jobs, which just really kind of gave gave me the bug. I just absolutely loved them. And I loved that I got to weave kind of my um, kind of belief of what photography can do and the power of it into a brief. And I just really loved all of the process of it. And so that just evolved and grew. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a niche. I didn't really have any structure um, but I just decided that that was actually something that I really wanted to continue to grow into and it was just going to evolve naturally and I was just going to go with the flow. And that definitely had some ups and downs. But on the whole, now that I'm kind of going into my third year of business, I'm so, so glad that I did do that. And although I never had a, this is my thing, this is the moment, like it was really nice that it all kind of cohesively came together and it actually just ended up how I really feel like it was supposed to happen, which is great. And so you, so did you go kind of freelance in, was it January 2017 mm-hmm. then? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, just, start, yeah. Okay, so just over two years then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And so <laughs> the job you had at Kishi, I think mm. from what you've just described, you did a lot of stuff. 
yeah and I, it was just something that I was thinking about actually the other day is that not necessarily this wasn't a corporate job in, by any means but no. working for somebody else still allows us to actually learn a lot of valuable stuff a lot oh, of gosh, valuable yeah. skills that we might then kind of take and mm. use in our own businesses Mm. oh definitely like there's so many like, invaluable things that I learned from working at Kishi from kind of managing clients because I was client facing as well as doing that kind of back office stuff um you know managing clients creative briefs put making sure that what the client said going from you know from A to B and being involved in that process and seeing how um the person who ran the business called Katie seeing how she made that happen and how that kind of cohesion from a brief to something creative to something complete happened and also kind of managing expectations and the creative stuff that I had was obviously in charge of you know kind of the website and social media and yeah you learn so so much and actually I think I got a lot of my styling skills from working at Kishi because I did the merchandising helped with the buying we kind of had to do all of the styling ourselves for the photography, which I did as well. So it's like, it was so, there's so many layers of so many different things that I definitely still kind of reap the rewards from now for sure that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known without kind of working there. And she was really generous in allowing me to do some trial and error as well with, you know, taking longer on some, some things that maybe, you know, some, some brands might have the opinion of just to get it done. She was like, just work it out and see how it goes. And, you know, it was just a really great opportunity. And I'm so, so glad that I worked there. And that that sprung me into doing what I do now, for sure. Yeah. And I think we kind of, as a whole, I think a lot of people who are now kind of freelance or self-employed, we tend to love what we do. And yeah, we kind of wouldn't have it any other way. But actually, mm. I think it's important to know that, like I say, you know, having worked somewhere beforehand, it, mm. it is massively valuable. So actually going into and starting a business from scratch right from school or university or whatever it might be mm. may not always be like the best no the best idea I guess yeah I think any well I think any experience that you have whether it's through an actual kind of paid role or through experience that you get outside of your work or you know even if whilst you're at university that's such an amazing time to to kind of push yourself into something that you really enjoy and either that's through observation or through doing it yourself I think there's it's essential to get those tools enabled to enable you to set up and do it yourself yeah um that's really important yeah so did you always kind of know that you were going to go into working in the creative industry is that something that you wanted to do when you when you were at school still yeah, so I, I wouldn't be compatible with anything else, to be honest. Um, I'm a creative person kind of through and through. So as a child, I did lots of performance um, and that kind of side of things. And then that moved to studying English literature and theatre at uni. And I was always really on a trajectory towards the creative industry, but I didn't necessarily know which or what part of the industry I would be in. I remember going to, as part of like my textiles course at school, I remember going to um, college and d designing some costumes and it was a really, really fun day. I remember thinking, oh, this is so interesting. Like maybe I'll do this. Um, and as much as I love textiles and as much, you know, it's a wonderful thing, I, I didn't do it. But I think for me, it was almost doing photography. I kind of feel like I, I love photography and photography is 100% right for me. It could have been something else though, because I just loved everything creative I just and I still do I still absolutely love kind of enjoying all creative aspects of 
the industry whether that's going to different shows or whatever it is I just I really love that and taking in what other people are doing and it can be theatre or it can be you know art I just I love it so yeah yeah and I suppose from what you've said there that sounds like you wouldn't have wanted to pursue a more kind of corporate job so no. obviously even working for Kishi that was an independent brand that you were working for so it wasn't yeah. like this huge setup no I know I actually didn't ever really work for a corporate company um and although now I might work for corporate brands I won't necessarily you know I'm still included in in a smaller team unit and it's still it still feels something small part of something bigger so I don't, I don't really think I don't think I would have ever been set up to work for a big corporate um brand especially because I've just got such fundamental beliefs as well in um, the kind of individual and small to medium sized brands too. So I think, yeah, the creative industry was always for me and corporate has never been something I've been that excited about. Yeah, it's funny because I'm quite the opposite when I was mm. at school. I think we've mm. talked about this before. Yeah. But I always thought I'd end up in like a corporate job at Boots or Experian or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like a graduate scheme um, because I thought that that's what you had to do. Yeah. And it kind of felt like that was kind of one of the few good options, I guess, because then I went on to study business at university as well. So that was, I obviously didn't have like a specific profession that I was studying. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I always imagined myself in a kind of some form of corporate office job. Um, mm. And I'm so glad that that didn't kind of materialise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we've obviously, we've known each other for what? how three, three years yeah three years yeah. probably sounds yeah. about right I think mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. first met on a styled shoot um mm -hmm. that I organized around three years ago I reckon it sounds about mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um and then we've kind of been meeting up and keeping in touch over those three years yeah um, just seeing how our businesses are going and mm -hmm. just kind of chatting about what we're struggling with and mm -hmm it's been really nice to have that person to just kind of yeah just talk through stuff because sometimes things come mm. up and you as much as you want to talk to your partner about it it's mm. not always I mean how often can you talk their ear off basically yeah I know you just want them to be your partner don't you rather than kind of your business ear to listen to which is also great but yeah I think it's been amazing to have you to talk to talk to about the challenges and the and celebrate the highs as well of being like oh this has happened or um you know and seeing that journey from starting our businesses to now it's been amazing to have somebody championing 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 <laughs> um you and me and yeah to share that journey has been really great I, I think I would recommend that to anyone to have somebody to support you and listen to you that isn't necessarily or you know somebody who's related to you or married to you or I don't know yeah I think I think mm. it's quite nice to have like that objective pair of eyes as well I guess because mm. it's, it's um like you've just said obviously a partner mm. they, they won't always be as objective as as you'd like them to be I guess because they mm. love you and they want to support you so they're always going to be like yeah this is a great idea yeah definitely <laughs> where in Def reality you might just need that kind of just a bit of a yeah second opinion mm. I guess yeah and somebody who's in the same industry exactly who gets gets exactly what you're going through and knows how it feels and can also help you to see objectively what what might help or 
you know, like I think I've really appreciated you giving me solutions to things when I've been like, oh, I just don't really, I'm just like totally out of energy. I don't know what to do. And you've been like, oh, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? And that's really valuable because I think, you know, you might have been there yourself or you just can see because you get what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think that's why, that's partly why the monthly meetups are so great. Um, mm. Because it just brings a kind of wide range of people together, all working in the kind of creative industry. Yeah. Um, all working for themselves so they completely understand what what it's like. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it's been really helpful. But what I wanted to ask you is, um, what do you think were your kind of main challenges fa- you faced in the first year or two of your business? Because I know... And I think it's quite easy to assume that what we see online, on social media, on Instagram is kind of what happens. But a lot of the time, actually, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that perhaps isn't as great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't shout about it um, kind of behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. yeah. is, there, is there anything that kind of you struggled with? Definitely. Um, I think in the first year of business, there was... There was a lot of things. I think it was a real adjustment for me to be working alone and to, although I'd worked kind of in a team of one in Kishi, I was, it was still an adjustment for me to work always on my own. And although I might kind of be dipped into a team for a shoot, you know, that, that was temporary. And, um, and like I said earlier, I had like that kind of initial wave of work um after I started free kind of freelancing and running my business and then from I don't know kind of like I feel like I don't know if this is 100% correct but I think from kind of late spring like April May time and then a few months after that which is really really difficult it's like the honeymoon period of work are kind of dried up and I think when you when you started or for me anyway people like oh Natasha's running her own business we've got this that we've needed for a while and that kind of initial flurry then just gave way to nothing you know like I had bits and bobs to keep me ticking over but I didn't really have very much work and in that in that time looking back now I really wish that I had spent that time investing in my business thinking about the vision for my business but I just got really low I think I was so not used to being on my own so much and kind of waiting for Sam to get home at the end of the day was was the thing that I was aiming for like that that was it and I couldn't you know, as soon as he'd left in the morning and he leaves very early in the morning, um, the days just felt so long and I just had no drive to figure out where I wanted to go. I got very lonely, very low, and I just totally withdrew. Like I knew I knew that I need I kind of knew that I needed to get out of a rut and I knew that I needed to stop isolating myself, but I didn't really know how to do that. I remember going to the library, um, kind of around the corner from my house at the time, and sitting there and it was just such a sad time because I was sat there kind of doing some work and I was kind of creating some strategy and I did have some work on, so I was doing that as well, but it wasn't necessarily work that I was really excited about. Um, and there was this guy, no offense to him, but he just kept on coughing and he had a cold and it was just really gross. And I remember just sat there and I was like, Oh, this is so, (laughs) this is so sad. I'm so, Oh, (laughs) this is terrible. Um, and I, and I kind of walked home and was just like, right, okay. I just need something to change now. And that's kind of when I think I reached out to you actually. And I think I like then started to go into meetups. And if I saw things online, I was like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go and I'm going to talk to people. It's going to be great. And actually it was, and it made a big difference quite quickly. Like I'm not, not overnight for sure. Um, but then I, I, I then met kind of some of my 
key clients for that year um and really enjoyed that work and that just seemed to kind of snowball and I haven't done that since for sure and now I would know the signs if I was starting to which is good but that was a huge challenge to overcome that um yeah, yeah. I think I think it's really difficult especially when like you say obviously you had some inquiries and and jobs coming in mm. right from the beginning and then all yeah. of a sudden that kind of dries up and then yeah and then what do you do because especially if you haven't been necessarily you're you're not used to you know doing any form of marketing at that point um it's kind of like well actually now how do I attract new clients and how do I kind of get the word out there um Mm. because obviously as good kind of friends and family are for you know sharing stuff and whatever that that soon kind of the excitement of that dies down a little bit yeah Um, yeah it's really hard to figure out and I think I think if you find or anyone listening if if they find themselves in that kind of spot I think arranging even arranging to work with someone in a cafe once a week um I know um Jess here in Nottingham does that once a week uh, in one Mm -hmm. of the local cafes Mm -hmm. um just to get out of the house because it just changes things up a little bit and I think that change in your routine um can really help to actually just just kind of snap you out of it a little bit Definitely. And, and kind of you've, at the time I felt guilty for, you know, I kind of felt like I had to be sat at my desk. I felt like I had to be doing something proactive and yet I just couldn't, I didn't know what to do because nobody tells you what to do. You have to learn it yourself in some, in some cases. And in some cases you've got, you've got that knowledge or that drive or, you know, that's already there, but it's really hard to pull yourself out of that low. But I really wish that I'd got my head around the fact that I could go outside for a walk. You know, it's really simple. Like I could go for a walk now I run, which really, really helps. And, if I and that helps with stress now rather than helping with kind of no work or feeling low it's like the opposite but the same if that makes any sense you know and similarly like whether that's yoga or whether that's reading or going and meeting your friend for a coffee like or going and enjoying something like going to the cinema or going doing something that you might do on your own but it's still going to be something that you that breaks you out of that cycle I think that's so important and I think people in this culture we're kind of taught that nine to five is the only way and so even if you freelance like nine to five is the only way and it's like absolutely not you've got to that lifestyle balance that you get to choose between work and life and everything else is such a great thing like you it's something to be embraced rather than something that you feel like you have to kind of replicate by running your own business and you might end up working a billion hours over nine to five of course which is more regular and more often when you're kind of more established but I think it's so important to incorporate some things that you enjoy and kind of treats. Like I remember kind of being like, what would be a treat for me and going out to the shops and buying some eucalyptus from the, you know, from the flower shop. And that was like a really lovely thing for me to do. And it broke up the day. And then I was like on a bit of a high because I was like, oh, I've got these really lovely flowers to look at whilst I sit next to them and, and work, you know. Yeah. And although that's something really small, it got me some fresh air. It got me out and got me some vitamin D. You know, it's, there's so many benefits of breaking that cycle and it can be anything that you just enjoy as an individual I think it's so important yeah it's something that um Lizzie Evans has kind of recently talked about is kind of building those treats and especially potentially if you're kind of setting goals and stuff um Mm -hmm. and just having something to kind of celebrate with when you reach those goals as well because that's something that I know I don't do kind of often enough as I do something 
I tick it off and then it's like okay on to the next thing and you don't slow down and you don't kind of just appreciate that actually a few months ago this seemed like an impossible thing to achieve yeah um so yeah definitely but also going back to that whole routine thing Mm. um and working day I still struggle with that so much because I very much I mean I'm kind of bound by the school hours so that Mm. does affect kind of how and when I do things Mm. but I do feel guilty like today I have a relatively busy day but tomorrow I could probably fit everything in in half a day Mm. and Mm. am I gonna take that time off I don't know but I really should because I should just go and do something fun or do you know I think we all strive to have this freedom yeah I remember feeling really kind of yeah just this feeling of freedom when I quit my full-time job and I I didn't have to be at the desk yeah but still I'm here almost every day (laughs) I know and I think as well people don't say things enough like what you just said the whole kind of like oh I've got I've actually got probably about half a day's work I think people feel like they have to be really busy and if they're not then they feel like they have to act busy you know it's like but that's just not the reality and as soon as that kind of mind shift comes into play and I, I'm working on it too 100% like even this morning I was like oh what time is it and looked at my watch and I was like oh my gosh it's 10 to 9 I must go sit upstairs at my desk you know like which is, which is so, so silly but at the same time it actually worked because I, I did have things to get on with but I think when people don't have things to do or like aren't crazy busy that's actually something that should 100% be embraced and of course you should work if if there's nothing in the pipeline you should work towards some marketing or building in something that might change that but also embrace it because I well I really believe in having a life that enables you to do those things rather than kind of kind of living to work you know you've got to invert that which is like that classic saying isn't it um 100% but I don't think people say, I think people want to be seen. It's all like busyness culture, which I think is really unhealthy. Um, but I think it's great. If you've got half day's work tomorrow, absolute win. <laughs> Go and have a nice time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am sure I can find lots of other things I know. I'm doing. <laughs> <That's the way. laughs> it's like updating my website. That's That really yeah, needs doing. Yeah. But actually, yeah, I think um, it's meant to be my slow month uh before kind of the wedding season kicks off in april um so actually yeah i just need to embrace it yeah and just yeah slow down a little bit at some point Mm. yeah definitely (laughs) so we kind of recently talked about um kind of i guess catching ourselves comparing to kind of others Mm. on particularly on instagram i guess that's kind of the main place if you Mm. kind of kind of start comparing yourself and go down a rabbit hole yeah yeah. um and how we kind of get dragged into thinking that oh maybe I should be doing this thing because this person's doing that and that looks so cool Mm. uh but actually I think it's so important to kind of stay within our values and within what our business is about because Mm. I am one of those people who gets so easily distracted and I think oh do you know what I would love to have an online shop selling yeah I don't know some homeware gifts or homeware stuff because that looks pretty and fun mm. but actually that is really not what I'm doing <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's really hard to sometimes I mean you know every now and then you get a great idea that actually fits in with your brand and it yeah. really kind of it's a cohesive kind of 
add on or follow on from what Mm. you already do and Mm -hmm. that totally makes sense but how do we kind of how can we stay in our lane so to speak um and not kind of get distracted by all that shiny stuff I think what you've just said about kind of what fits in with your brand and what fits in with your goals is something that becoming more focused on helps I think I am so guilty of especially because I with with Instagram I often kind of go on and I'm like I really can't think of anything to say I don't know what to say and then I end up finding somebody who's got a really lovely feed I'm like oh they're 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 worth beautiful and then I'm like all of it you know and it'll be anything from like wedding photography to wildlife photography to yeah like a a fashion brand and I'm like oh that just looks beautiful and I'd love to do that and I think the emphasis on being excited about your goals and aspirations and kind of switching off from those things whether that's through like just turning off social media not you know not paying not not paying attention but not focusing and spending so much time on those people so for me recently I've kind of said right I really would love to engage with social media in a healthy way and how do I do that and I've started using Buffer which is a social media management platform and they kind of it's helped me to engage with it in a healthy way and focus on my goals and kind of tap in what my what my message is and what my brand is all about and hone in on that and have planned posts it's great and then but then you can just engage on social media for conversation rather than scrolling and you know that your kind of message is is covered and ready and prepared but you don't get well I'm finding that I'm getting lost less in scrolling Mm. and more interested in engaging with the people that I know or engaging with people who I've met on there or you know that kind of thing rather than for me, and I don't know if this is a, a kind of photographer thing, and maybe that's why you kind of get it too, but I just get so stuck on really beautiful images. And mm. I'm like, oh, that's just really lovely. I need to replicate or create yeah. or do oh. something like that. Or if it's a curated feed, there's a couple of like design um, studios that I follow. And yeah. their feed is just to die for. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I wish mine looked like that. And mm. their editing's very different. It's very warm and very um yeah just it looks very different it's kind of almost like it got a vintage vintagey feel yeah. um so it really wouldn't fit in with what I do because that it's totally different yeah but like yeah. that even made me think oh actually maybe I should consider changing my editing and how and so is that <laughs> <laughs> just because I've seen something that I enjoy looking at yeah no I definitely do the same thing that I 100% do and I think everybody does depending on what their thing is you know if you run a fashion label or if you do pottery I'm sure that either of those things they're going to get stuck on what the other person is doing it's just like a human condition to better ourselves but I think being having that focus on goals and also being more in the kind of actual world like going to an art gallery or going for a coffee or writing out your own plans and having them up to look at so that you know where you are rather than where they are Mm. chatting to your friend being accountable to somebody and like kind of saying you know if you if you're having a difficult time with that saying to someone like oh I just keep comparing myself and like that's I think those are all healthy things that make a big difference rather than kind of scrolling or looking at somebody else because you you're never going to be them and even if you were to do that like replicating is just so problematic anyway isn't it so looking at your personality your brand your goals and breaking it back down kind of into 
cubes of things that you could fill your time with rather than doing that I think is also probably quite a helpful way around it or I'm finding it to be anyway yeah they're definitely um replicating stuff is never never really a good idea especially if it doesn't feel right to you I mean when you're starting out you might want to seek inspiration from other people and see what they're doing and that's Mm. and that's totally okay but like just replicating for the sake of replicating is not terrible um There, there, there is no point because you'll find very soon that actually this isn't what you want to be doing or this isn't yeah. the type of look that you want to be producing or no. and it really has to come from what you kind of stand for I guess yeah and, and it's way more line. it's way more interesting as well doing it yourself and just going back quickly to obviously you've mentioned buffer um mm-hmm. to schedule your post do you yeah. use that to post directly from there to Instagram or do you still kind of go in and just copy the caption what how do you do it so I'm trialing a few different ways so there's a few posts that I've got that I've got multiple pictures and it can't support you then just it's it's sending it itself it has to prompt you to send it um and then there's some posts that are just a single image and I'm just going to let them go and see what happens so it's a bit of a trial and error scenario at the moment of a combination of ways of doing the posting um but I think either way works so I did it the other day and I was actually at a shoot um and I got a, it buzzed in my pocket and I thought oh yeah that's some, I need to do that and I thought there's generally there's absolutely no way I can get engaged with my phone at a shoot um but I just thought okay well let's just see how difficult it is this is and it was honestly like two clicks I kind mm-hmm. of copied and pasted it the images are already there because it it um copies them for you and you just re-upload them from your um from your phone and it yeah it took all of kind of 30 seconds it was really really fast really easy so it copies the text for you it saves the images into your phone um and you just swap it over onto the app and copy and paste add the images in and you're good to go so if you are somebody who likes to check everything before it goes and just be sure um or if you're somebody who wants to be online and ready to engage which is also great you know that it does allow you to do that and you can kind of put in your preferences of what you how you'd like to interact with it which is great because it means that for me it's meant that I've done a bit of a a blend and it's meant that I hasn't either way it hasn't really interrupted my day which is something that's quite important for me because um whether I'm at a shoot or you know going down a wormhole neither are good so um uh, yeah it's, it's fitting with my lifestyle much better in general as well yeah no definitely I think you've got to find what works for you Mm. Um, like with anything I think any of those types of apps and stuff it's just working out what works for you so not necessarily doing what people tell you you have to do as well I think yeah that's that's an important Mm. one um Mm. so I wanted to talk a little bit about branding photography and Mm -hmm. because that's something that you do obviously um Mm. and what does that entail for those who don't actually know and why should every business get professional photos Hmm. Okay. So um, photography for brands is a very wide kind of genre, I suppose. It encompasses a lot of imagery, every kind of image that a brand might need, really. So for me, I've focused on the core elements that brands need, whether that's people or product, covering kind of both of those areas by combining the elements of storytelling that I think are most important and that are kind of asked for most. So I combine behind the scenes shoots, um, which are uh, kind of as they sound. 
it's whether you're a service or a product-based brand, it gives insight into what goes on behind the scenes. So that could be in your workspace, location linked to your brand, you know, studio or outside, or if, that, if you're a coach, it might be at home or in somewhere beautiful that you hold your meetings. Um, it's kind of a curated collection of short stories, I suppose, is a behind-the-scenes shoot. Um, so it doesn't have, mean that you have to give away all your secrets or your processes or anything like that. It's just a way of showing people a little... A window into how your product or service comes together um, and it's great content as well for your website and for social media um, and then I do portraits um, which again seem kind of self-explanatory but I really like to combine you know cover the straightforward headshot which everybody does need at some point for press or something else but um add a more editorial layer so um that might be mean creating a little kind of set um and adding in some context of your role or brand um, that could mean with a nod to be your brand colours or brand relevant styling. I think those are really essential because um, I think there's a lot of power in portraiture that may may or may not be harnessed and um, it, it can show you, it can kind of display how you want to show yourself and what message you want to convey. Um, so it is a very powerful tool, especially if you invest in things like hair and makeup, make yourself feel more comfortable because people don't often feel comfortable in front of the camera, but that makes a big difference. So tie that in with what message you want and what kind of is surrounding you in the image, what you're wearing, etc. It's a really, really powerful way of, of kind of cultivating your brand with, you know, one image. Um, I think um, you've just mentioned something uh, with regards to kind of hair and makeup and that kind of stuff and how yeah. not everyone's comfortable in front of the camera and actually... I get this mm. um, also with kind of the branding, personal branding stuff, but also my wedding clients, Yeah. Uh, when I meet with them for their engagement shoot, almost every single couple says, oh, we're terrible in front of the camera. We yeah. don't really like our photo being taken. Yeah. And it's such a recurring theme that actually, I think, I think it's important to know that almost pretty much everyone feels this way oh, and definitely. that it's okay and I don't know obviously exactly how you work but I tend to kind of talk through what we're doing and just chat generally um mm, as mm. I'm working so that it's not so that it kind of breaks those barriers a little bit and then you know hopefully the person that I'm photographing relaxes a little bit and feels a bit more at ease so definitely yeah I think communication whilst you're shooting with people who aren't necessarily front, comfortable in front of the camera it makes a big difference because it takes their mind off it and also I think yeah like you say loads of people aren't comfortable in front of the camera and it's so so normal and with a little investment from kind of you as a photographer to put them at ease an investment from their side whether that's hair and makeup or you know spending some time doing something that they enjoy beforehand or whatever it is it makes a big difference because they come into it and they're not stressed that you know they might be a bit nervous but that's just normal that's natural yeah, and yeah. that's where you come in as a photographer to be like this is what we're going to do. Don't feel uncomfortable, you know, take a deep breath. Let's, I'll just chat to you. And, you know, I, the thing is for me, anyway, I don't mind making a bit of a fool of myself. You know, I'm, just, I, I'm the same. <laughs> just chatting rubbish is fine with me as long as it relaxes them and makes them smile. Like that's, that's great. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so. known, I'm known for my very rubbish chat uh, <laughs> during shoots, especially when you're trying to do multiple things at the same time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, assessing light potentially assessing kind of the backgrounds and all that kind of stuff and trying to pose someone and and then trying to hold a meaningful conversation that's yeah yeah that's a lot on your mind (laughs) doing it exactly yeah yeah Yeah. but I definitely think makeup and hair and Mm. getting those done it's not definitely not a necessity but I think it, it can just make you feel that extra bit more 
um, ready for it, I guess. Yeah. And obviously with um, photos, particularly for your business, and like you say, you might want to use it for press or yeah. anything like that. Um, you want to look the best that you can look. So oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think definitely. It's, it's worth kind of a good investment to make, I think. Yeah. And it means that your posture going into that shoot, you're kind of more ready for it. I think, you know, you've, you've already invested before the shoot's even started in how you feel. Yeah. And that changes not only your physical posture, but your kind of mental posture. Well, you're more ready. Yeah. Hopefully it kind of um, just makes you feel more confident. I think that's kind of the, mm, what yeah. we're aiming at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So the last kind of string to the um, brand shoots that I do are campaign imagery, which I refer to as lifestyle on my website because some people don't have campaigns. Um, and that that probably embodies the most of my work in terms of it is for both, well, all of it's for service and brand, uh, product-based brands. But that would c- capture a collection or a service through still life or flat lays or kind of modelled product um and so for a lifestyle brand that might be like your latest collection of homeware which could be shot in location in a space maybe even your home I always think with this as well people think that you have to be become really you have to overcomplicate it and it has to be massive and the budget has to be enormous and it has to be huge but actually campaign imagery um or well, lifestyle imagery is something that I'm particularly passionate about because it's got such a powerful storytelling element to it and you don't really do, to make beautiful imagery you really don't have to do something that's absolutely crazy you know it can be in your home it can yeah. be in my home it can be out somewhere you know you can go to a beautiful location outside like I remember using that yoga instructor's images outside like you know that's a perfect example of telling a story and it's natural and it's real and it doesn't cost the earth you know it doesn't have to be complicated I totally Um, totally agree with that yeah mm -hmm. um and so you can create a, a a shoot of your collection and it can be amazing and it can have this powerful editorial story and it doesn't have to be something overboard or doesn't have to be something that you shy away from because you think it's going to be too complicated or too scary or you know kind of minimize it you know it can be something really really powerful and really strong for your brand um so yeah so they're the kind of three behind the scenes portraits and then lifestyle or campaign imagery the three kind of things that I serve brands with most yeah uh and offer through my packages too so <laughs> um okay so I think we've kind of covered a lot Mm. around uh today um so what are your goals for the coming year my goals for the coming year I am my I they say that your goals should be measurable and none of mine are really (laughs) so I don't know if they're the best goals but they are mine so they're good um so mainly my goal for this year is to enjoy and get a good balance of work and just being a wife, sister, daughter, friend. Um, so I've kind of worked that into meaning no evening emails, as few weekend shoots as I can do and just clearer boundaries. In, and that's kind of why I launched the packages that I launched um, because I definitely am like a crazy work ethic person. I don't mean that and like, oh, I've got an amazing work ethic. I mean, you know, I'll go overboard and work crazy, crazy long hours and it just gets too much. Um, so I would kind of, my goal for this year is to create clearer boundaries and just have that as my focus. So that's my big one for this year. And then to support uh, and celebrate sustainable brands, 
and ethical fashion lifestyle brands is something that I've been doing more and more of and I absolutely love. So um, I'd like to do more of that. And to invest in my business, I've just signed up with a business coach, which I'm really excited about. And I really believe that's going to kind of put me in best position to achieve the other brand, the other um, goals. Yeah. So, yeah, so those would be my goals. That sounds like a very kind of exciting year ahead. But going Mm. back, um, so you've signed up with a business coach, so that technically is already a goal ticked. Um, I suppose so. <laughs> um, so you've invested in your business and obviously, you you know, you've got all the work to come, but obviously mm. you've kind of made that initial um, step to, towards that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. It'd be great. And going back to your first goal of kind of having more of a balance and stuff, you mentioned not having kind of maybe too many shoots on the weekends and stuff and yeah. no emails at, in the evenings. Mm. That, that in my in my opinion can be measured and that that is mm. kind of measurable in that sense so you could actually gauge it by by that so how many shoots do you do kind of at the weekend, at the weekend. and stuff yeah yeah so it's, yeah. it's definitely something that you could measure and, and kind of um perhaps if you feel like one month is you're kind of crossing that boundary that you've set then you can mm. kind of you can see it clearly then can't you mm. yeah that's true that's true mm. I hadn't thought of that yeah <laughs> Cool, and it sounds like a really, really um, awesome year ahead. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Perfect. So to finish off, um, do you have one tip for those wanting to leave their nine to five? So I was thinking about this and I think that the most powerful thing for me has been having a support network. And that isn't somebody, kind of a industry relevant support network. So like we were saying when we first started chatting, that being supported by somebody who understands you and understands what you're going through and maybe has even been there who can champion and support you and you want to do the same for that person um that is the thing that I think that's made the biggest difference for me so when I've been having that tough time my default is to kind of step back and in inverted commas protect myself even though I'm doing the exact opposite um it's helped me to not do that you know, not step backwards. And I think if you're in your nine to five and you're thinking about doing the thing that you've always wanted to do and pursuing that that life and making a change, then having that set up before you even start is just going to set you up the best in the best possible way because it means that you can counteract the things maybe in your personality that you're aware of, whether that's kind of stepping back or, you know, whatever that might be. And it means that you can come alongside somebody else who you can champion and you can support. And um, it's a really powerful way and powerful tool of having your own business and being sustainable. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I also say that if you don't feel like you know anyone who could be that person for you right now, because I suppose sometimes you don't want to turn to friends who you've known for ages who yeah. may be working very different jobs and they just won't perhaps understand. Um, mm. And if you're kind of very new to that whole sphere, I would definitely suggest joining some either Facebook groups or Facebook communities or going to physical meetups because um, mm. there's loads around the country. So it's not just kind of local to us. So I would definitely say yeah. um, seek those out and engage with people, kind of create relationships online as well. Yeah. Because I've found that those have then become, you know, friendships or yeah you end up kind of meeting up with those people later on and and actually Mm. they become those those people for you those kind of business buddies Mm. yeah it's essential 
excellent thank you very much (laughs) okay thank you for having me in all of my excitement i forgot to ask natasha about her website and social media handles so you can find natasha at natasha voice uh, on instagram and natashavoice.com and that's b-o-y-e-s um and i just want to say thank you so much for tuning in for all of season two i hope you enjoyed it if you did please consider leaving a review or share it with your friends and I'll be back soon.